Hey guys, how you doing today? Can I get you started with something to drink? Is your aging loved one home alone, forgetting to take medicine or pay bills? The Caregiver Cafe with Roz Jones has a menu of resources to serve your caregiver needs. As a caregiver, Roz understands your daily challenges. This podcast focuses on the unique and dynamic issues of caregiving. Hi, I'm Roz Jones, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver Cafe. I'm here with Consuela Marshall, and today we are talking about hospital-to-home discharge. Get your ducks in a row. And I'm so glad to have her back for part two of talking about occupational therapy. So, Consuela, introduce yourself and tell us uh, a little bit about who you, do, uh, who you are, <laughs> what do you do, and then we'll jump right into the topic. Thank you, Roz. And again, I am so glad to be here um, and just really love spending time with you on the in the Caregiver Cafe. I'm Consuela. I am an occupational therapist, and I've been in that role for about 25 years plus and primarily doing a lot of home health. Uh, so I've, I'm one of those therapists who knock at the door and say I'm a therapist from home health, and I work with patients who have had injuries, uh, have new diagnosis, or, or just advanced in age mm-hmm. and are no longer able to do those basic things that they need to do for themselves. So OT show up and really work with clients on how to regain their functional skills. And we work with the caregivers on how to properly assist them so that everyone can move forward in uh, returning to um, the highest level of function that they can they can um, possess. So I'm here today and I'm here to support you, Ross. And let's talk about some hospital uh, discharges because this is a very important topic here. Oh, my God, it is because a lot of times when you are in the hospital and, and you, you are um, admitted, that's the time when you need to start playing for, to go home as soon as you get there. And my thing, I always say get social with the social worker because you're going to need her help when you get ready to make that transition either to home or to rehab or from rehab to home. The social worker is your lifeline to what you're going to need. And so uh, with that, besides talking to your social worker, there's some other things that we need to look at when you are going from a hospital to home or hospital rehab when it comes to therapy. So, Consuela, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. You know, and I want to before jumping into that is just say this is important because I'm often at home the next day. A person has been discharged from the hospital, the therapist associated with home health. We arrive within 24 hours, the next calendar day after discharge. And I often, and I often see family members that were not prepared. They didn't know what choices to make. Mm-hmm. And there were so many things that didn't go properly that that should have. But oftentimes families are just thrown off guard. I mean, no one signs up to go into the hospital for the most part. <laughs> there are some elective surgeries. Yes. But for the most part, this is a very rushed and hurried time. So it is definitely most beneficial to families to start thinking about it. Not that we're like saying something's gonna happen, but you want to be prepared yes. because if your loved one is advancing in age and even with all of us, we're prone to have that hospital stay. And to know what to expect and know what information you need at home is going to be essential. And in regard to therapy, it is really important to know, are you prepared 
to be able to assist with their care uh, at home and that you've been afforded different opportunities for receiving therapy services prior to getting home. And it's important that you really understand what is available to you, what all the, what all those choices, what those choices are and making sure that you can safely assist with the deficits that your loved one may have uh, if they return home immediately. So um, a lot to be said about that, Ross. So I can jump in or we can um, uh, see what we want to talk to first before I dive straight into that. Before you dive in, darling, let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the discharge paperwork. Uh, yeah. a, a lot of times when it's time to discharge that loved one, you say, I'm going to pull up to the curve and, you know, throw them in the car and we're going home. And they put all these papers in a bag and you never look at the papers. However, those papers have important information on them that you may not be aware of. And so mm-hmm. I want people to understand that um, instead of having them, you know, do a drive by, you know, you know, roll the person outside and throw them in the car. You really need to go inside and look at that paperwork. And, and, and can we talk right. about, yeah, and, and can we talk about that a little bit and then we'll dive into your part? Well, you know, that's really important because oftentimes at discharge, it's either been a long waiting game. They told you at seven o'clock that morning that your loved one's being discharged. Um, and then there's this big waiting game. So you're tired, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you're just really impatient at that point because there's been a lot of sitting and yes. waiting. So you're, you're more prone to just gloss over the information that they're providing with you. Or you may have been that one at work and they're like, the doctor said they can discharge today. So you're making a lot of plans and you're not there. And then you're getting there and it's just so much information being thrown at you till you really are just not really focused on the information that's being presented to you. And you can make some big mistakes at that point in not being an advocate for mm-hmm. you in understanding what are the, what really is available and is discharge necessary and is what are my options after leaving the hospital? If yes. you leave, what are my options? So it's really imperative that you know what information is being presented to you and to just settle down and give all of your full attention to the paperwork being presented to you so that you're not, in a sense, forced to make a, a hasty decision that could lead to maybe your loved one not having the best of care. In that paperwork, I want you all to re- I want you all to remember. Uh, you want to understand the diagnosis. You want to understand the treatment and the mm-hmm. expected recovery. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are important. And what medications, if there are any new medications. Mm-hmm. You want to understand why they're taking those medications and what are the possible side effects of the medication and how they're supposed to take it. You know, because they can say, well, we call it a prescription. Well, what is the prescription for? Why do they need it? Do they have to take it? Can we use a generic? You know, these are the things that you need to look at at that paperwork before you leave. So Mm -hmm. I just I just want to put that out there. Counselor, if you need to add anything else, please do. No, I mean, that's important because oftentimes uh, you have people that are temporarily in charge of 
the medications that really don't know your loved one's history. Mm-hmm. Like medications have been tried in the past that were not successful in their treatment, and maybe they've been given that medication again, and they don't really know the history. So you really want to know uh, exactly um, what medications have been discontinued and what new medications have been added to mm-hmm. their, um to them and really be in a position where you can re- review those medications with their primary care physician. Particularly if your loved one has a fall risk, don't give them medicine that's going to make them dizzy. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> you know, if, 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 if one of the side effects is making them dizzy, is there something else that, you know, will not have that side effects and you know, they're a fall risk. These mm-hmm. are the things that you need to ask because when you get home and they start taking that medicine and you're trying to figure out, well, why are they all, you know, they, they're, they're falling or if they're dizzy, you don't know that one of the side effects of the medicine is dizziness, lightheadedness or whatever. So this, this is really, really important. Um, go ahead, Constable, because I was going to talk about follow-up appointments, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, can we back up a little sure. bit and just saying that even prior to this hospital admit, just have all your documentation in order so that you can have, you can ask those questions mm-hmm. uh, by having the, um, the HIPAA forms mm-hmm. that indicate you as being one of the people that they can talk to. Absolutely. Uh, and even getting a little bit further into those direct advanced directives that really even give you the option and the opportunity to really direct some of the course of the treatment, mm-hmm. um, if, if, if necessary, right. and be able to speak to those medications that they may be wanting to prescribe when they're in the hospital and even continue to prescribe for discharge. So just knowing in advance uh, that you won't have a say-so without having those proper paperwork mm. is really the, the basic core of this. And then, then continuing on through that process of lo- lo- looking at everything, looking at every medication, look at all, every T, every dot, so that you can know what your loved one is taking and um, and what are some of the, the, the side effects of those medications like um, you mentioned. Those are all important. Yeah. You know, and, you know, as you're just saying, there's just so many things that come to my mind, Roz, but, you know, with me being at the homes after this charge mm. is that, that, Loved ones know exactly what you said it earlier. What what exactly have they been diagnosed with? What is what have y'all found to be the reason why we had to bring them to the ER? What are the tests that were run? And really looking at the length of stay that they were in the hospital and did they get up out of bed any? Mm-hmm. Did they get any physical therapy while they were in the hospital? All of those things need to be counted into of the the fact it should they should all lead into you really thinking what are they going to need when they get home if they're weak and can you actually take care of them in at home all of those things need to be outlined uh, in those dar- in those discharge conversations and reflected in the paperwork about what will be some of their needs post discharge from the hospital. Also, when you're looking at some of the needs post-discharge, what type of support or care is at home? Yes, this exactly. is so. This is so important because, you, you know, the hospital gives, you know, this level of care. And when you get home, you want to get as close to that as possible, but you don't want this huge gap. And if there is a gap, 
then we have to we have to discuss that before that patient is released. Yeah, yeah, maybe that patient doesn't need to come directly home. Maybe that patient needs to go to rehab. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I just I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, as we are looking at, you know, the total part of of the discharge when it comes to, you know, therapy or anything else, Mm -hmm. we you you have got to be realistic about can this person come home and do some basic function as going to the toilet, feeding themselves you know, mm-hmm. do you know medication? All of these things. This is important. This is so important that you um, discuss that with the social worker and say, "Hey, they can't come home right now. I can't. I can't lift. I can't transfer." Yeah. yeah. So I just and I really, wanted to put that out there. And really having that discussion with your loved one too, who is ready to come home. Mm-hmm. They are just not happy in the hospital mm-hmm. and, home. <laughs> and sometimes having those conversations with them and saying, you know, home is the end goal of where I would love to see you as well, but it may not be the immediate goal now because there needs to be some, some strengthening. There needs to be some other things that take place before coming home. And Ross, I want to stop and say that, you know, for those listening at the podcast, uh, Ross and I did an extensive webinar on this same topic uh, where we went step by step through the whole process mm-hmm. of hospital to home and how to prepare, how to always be prepared by having those documentations in place. And then looking uh, at the whole discharge process, which Ross already stated happens from the moment that they're into the ER and being admitted that discharge is already going to be a factor is they're going to leave and we're, we're, we're going to, where are the different locations as possibilities other than home? And if home, what would be that support that's needed and making sure that all of those dots are aligned in making sure medications, mm-hmm. uh, all of the services that they will need are, are lined up. And and really looking at your availability to at what level to be that support to them. And because um, the end goal is you want them to not be hospitalized. You want them to now journey into being as close to what they were mm-hmm. prior to um, being in the hospital. So it's definitely imp- imperative that caregivers really prepare and know what to expect and uh, know how to be that advocate for their loved ones while they're in the hospital and for their needs post-discharge from the hospital. Also, too, if um, you have someone that is coming home, let's just say coming home for whatever reason, um, and they are taking pain medi- or they're taking a medication and you know that you can't get to the pharmacy to get that pain medication, can you please, you know, give them a booster shot or, you know, give them something so that we, until we can get that medicine. That's important too, because you don't want to play the, as we call it, the, the catch up game with that pain. You know, yeah. you, 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 you want to make sure that, you know, whatever medicines can be given before you leave, ask, say, what's getting, you know, what's the next medication in the next two hours because can we go ahead and take it now before I leave the hospital instead of skipping mm-hmm. that medicine? And now, mm-hmm. it, you know, you know, that person is now screaming, I'm in pain. Well, 
I don't know what you're supposed to That's that's one that a lot of people overlook because you really don't think about it. You know, they've had a dose at 12 o'clock at the noon dosage and maybe they were due for another pain pill at six. And you get there at seven because you had to prepare a lot of things Mm -hmm. uh, and they did not get that six o'clock pain pill. And you're left there with just a prescription on something to pick up the next day. Uh, it, It is helpful to really to ease the pain of going home if you know pain is a big factor there it's just really being able to make sure they get that light, that last um scheduled dosage mm. of a pain medicine that will aid in their ability to go to you know make their transportation home and allow to have them a good night rest and making sure that you do get those prescriptions in time to get them filled um in a timely manner so there, there is no lapse in those who need to be on um a comfort measure of pain medicine. And the reason why I'm emphasizing uh, medication is because uh, just at the beginning of the year, Walgreens, CVS, Walmart announced that they are reducing their hours to be opened. So this is why it's even more important to make sure that your loved one gets that dosage because they are reducing the hours that their pharmacy is open. So the pharmacies used to be open 24 hours a day. That's not even happening. A lot of them are closing at 6 and 7 and 8 o'clock in the evening. So if your loved one has a late checkout, like at a hotel, if they have a late checkout, you want to make sure that that medication has been taken. So at least to allow you to get to the pharmacy in the morning, what can you give them that will last or or whatever that last dosage is until we can get to the pharmacy tomorrow? Because remember, these pharmacies are reducing their hours. So I just wanted to put that out there. Go ahead, Consuela. No, just all valid points. Um, I'm, I just can't stress enough that um, smooth continuity of hospital home home doesn't just happen. Mm. It takes planning mm-hmm. and it takes uh, a caregiver being proactive in seeing that things happen uh, as they need to happen in making sure you get the information that you need absolutely, and that you get it in a timely manner where you can make those appropriate decisions and knowing that you have a say-so in discharge mm. um, as far as wanting to know what criteria has been met for discharge and just making sure those things are communicated to you and that options are presented to you if you don't feel that home is a place that seems to be the, the best option at that time. So it doesn't just happen. I mean, even with the best intention, intentions, intentions, there are things that do slip through the crack in really in anything. But if you're just waiting on the hospital to get everything in a row, in a row and knowing all the ins and outs of how to orchest- orchestrate this specifically for your needs and the needs of your loved ones, it's not going to happen. It really takes that caregiver. And unfortunately, it takes that second or third trip to the hospital before most families sort of figure out that they got to be on their P's and Q's. But we want people to be um, armed the first time around. Mm-hmm. That when they're going on the sack on the first time to the hospital that you're knowing what to expect that you don't learn things by these errors that 
didn't need to happen. Mm -hmm. When your mom went in the first time with a UTI, some things just didn't click. They didn't work right. And you went home, you were frustrated. There was so many things missing. You were trying to call back up to the hospital and talk to that nurse. Who was that nurse? That was my mom's nurse. You know, you can prevent a whole lot of that from happening. Yes. You have things in a row by just being a little proactive as in the caregiving role of caring for an aging parent that you know what to expect. Not that you want them to ever go in the hospital, but you want to go there armed and on your P's and Q's about this is a level of care that I'm expecting. And I want to know about this, this and this, because it can help to keep your loved one safe and it can help prevent injuries, you know, to yourself and to them. And it can prevent those rehospitalizations that can occur because a ball was missed in some kind of way. So we can prevent a lot of that by being proactive. Consuela, thank you so much for coming back for part two. I'm enjoying it. I'm just such a caregiver advocate. I was a caregiver myself Mm. to my mom and I see the frustrations. Um, of them at home and not having the information. I'm like, well, you didn't know that. And they're like, no, I didn't know. And you're like, you don't know. There's just so caregiving is not a role that people are trained to, to walk into. No, there is just a lot of trial and error. And it's, it's unfortunate. It happens at the expense of your loved ones mm-hmm. because when that error happens, they suffer. And if you can arm yourself by learning things ahead of time, it could lessen those incidents of error um, and it just make you more informed. It, it, it will make you an advocate of knowing what to expect from the doctors, what to expect from the nurses, mm-hmm. what to expect from the staff. What are the things you need in order to safely leave the hospital uh, and go to the next setting? And you want to ask for those things in the way of equipment for your, your loved ones, just anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, arming yourself with that information just makes you better prepared to provide the, to provide the best care that you can for your loved one. Consuela, thank you so much. Can you tell us how to get in contact with you before we close yes, out this, this, this episode? I am Consuela Marshall. I'm an, I'm an occupational therapist and I'm the founder of Finding a Foothold Caregiver Coaching and Consulting Services. Uh, my website is findingafoothold.com where I specialize in providing group coaching services to caregivers who who want to provide that best care for their loved ones while still holding on to their life. So I teach caregivers how to make caregiving safe and efficient while also living a well-balanced life. And for more information on this topic, uh, care hospital to home, uh, Roz and I have done a webinar a couple of months ago, and we do have that webinar available. It's a one-hour webinar that will walk you step-by-step through this hospital discharge process and knowing what to expect and tells you what is skilled nursing service versus nurse nursing home services. What is rehab services? What is home health services and all the different things that may be um, available that are available to your loved one in certain, in certain levels and what to expect um, and those roles that they can play in the, the restoration of function to your loved ones. So, uh, it is called Hospital to Home. Get your ducks in a row. And you can visit my website and you can even contact Roz for information on that webinar 
which is available. And we'll be glad to share that with you. So thank you so much, Ross, for allowing me this opportunity to be here. Thank you so much, Councilor. And I want to thank everyone for coming to another episode of the Caregiver Cafe, Hospital to Home, Get Your Ducks in a Row. And once again, we appreciate you all so much for listening. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of the Caregiver Cafe. I hope you have dined sufficiently on this information. Until next time, I'm Ross Jones. Until your next visit to the Caregiver Cafe, connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, and her blog at thecaregivercafe.net. Caregiver Cafe podcast specializes in serving those who provide care and support to a sick or aging loved one. I'm the voice guy, but I'm one of you. So when Roz has on experts or frontline workers, I'm listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. In the meantime, don't forget to connect with Roz on YouTube, LinkedIn, or at the blog at thecaregivercafe.net.